welcome to The Organised Family, the podcast series brought to you by Stuck On You, the original name label company loved by families around the world. As your personal assistant to kickstart a more organised life, we'll be discussing recipes, parenting, home organisation tips and other exciting topics. Take us with you. Well, hello, it's Roxy back again with our wonderful podcast, and I'm pretty excited to introduce our next guest. Evie Farrell is the mum of Emmy. She's a single mum and kind of, I think, serendipitously decided one day, let's go travelling. And that's exactly what she did. And she is Mum Pack Travel. Thank you, Roxy. I'm excited to be here and to talk to you today. Well, I'm excited to find out how on earth you did it. Can you just give us a bit of an overview about you? and Evie and how it all began? Yeah, um, so I've been a solo parent since just after Emmy was born and like most solo parents and I guess like like most parents, actually I had to work really, really hard. Um, living in Sydney, it's quite expensive, so I was working long hours. Um, I went back to work when Emmy was about six months old and, you know, over time I kind of struggled because I felt like... I was sacrificing time with her to earn money to do things to try and keep up with everyone else. And I think for solo parents, um, that's probably, you know, there's an extra pressure upon us. I certainly felt an extra pressure that I put upon myself because I wanted to break out of that stereotype that I felt people saw when they looked at me. So, um, you know, it was quite a few years of, of leaving home before seven and getting home after seven and not having that time with Emmy that I just realised it had to stop and I really needed to spend more time with her. I mean, I knew I wanted to the whole time, but I just didn't really know how to do it. Um, you know, it's not possible to work part-time on one income and still pay a mortgage and still have the, the lifestyle that I had, which wasn't, you know, too excessive, but still being able to do what we wanted to do. Um, and then a very good friend of mine passed away. Um, and it just made me see, uh, what the important things in life were. And that was time with Emmy and no matter what I was going to make that happen. And the only real way for me to make that happen was to leave Australia because it was so cheap to travel in Asia. We'd done a little bit of travel together over the years. Um, but I realised I could rent out my house. I had some savings that I was going to use to renovate our kitchen and I decided that I would use those instead for us to travel because the most important thing was for me to have time with Emmy. And that's exactly what you did. So decided, right, we're going to do this, rent out the house, Mm -hmm. off we go. Did you have any idea at the start what a phenomenal journey this was going to become? At the start, I think I was more like, oh, I've got this this thing that I want to do, but people will probably think that I'm not going to follow through or it's just another kind of pipe dream. Um, I knew I wanted to make it happen. and and But I suppose to me, because I love travelling and I was very familiar with it, and when Emmy and I had, had done our little trips uh, while she was smaller, um, it had always been the best time for us because I had no outside distractions at all. We were just freed for those one or two weeks that we were together. So I just knew that it was going to, I did, I knew that it was going to be amazing. I knew it. I just, even now, like when I think about it and, and just the start of that journey, it, I just, I feel so happy and I just 
you know, you feel it when it's the right when it's the right thing. Uh, I can hear that excitement in your voice it's, and, and your face <laughs> lights up um, when you talk about it, which is just so beautiful. So you've got a small girl, you're heading off, you're travelling, you've did you have an end date at that point? I had said about a year. I, I thought we'd go for a year. But I didn't put any restrictions on us because the whole point of us travelling really is is to not have deadlines or routine and just escape from everything that was in our life that was keeping us apart. And I'm not very much for routine or planning. So, And I didn't want to put pressure on us that maybe we'd go for a few months. Maybe for whatever reason we'd want to come back or, you know, we might want to go for longer, which we ended up doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did, you know, I talked to Em's dad and I asked if he was okay with it and I just needed to have some sense of, and I guess for my parents as well, like I didn't want to be like, oh, we're just going. Um, so there, there needed to be um, some timing in place, but it was never, you know, there wasn't anything booked. You didn't have the return tickets booked. All right, so the first time that you, when you first packed to leave, um, how differently would you pack now? So what was that first pack like? Well, the first pack, like I was packing up the house as well, so that was really massive and that was uh, a bit overwhelming because I realised how much stuff I'd bought that I didn't really need and how much money I'd wasted. So I was doing that kind of concurrently. And then when we packed up, like we didn't have very much. I had my old, an old backpack that I'd used backpacking and we had some packing cubes and I, I just, we packed clothes, medicine, uh, like a first aid kit, um, snorkel fins. Oh no, we didn't have fins, too, too much room. <laughs> um, but then I also had all of this schoolwork from distance education that arrived in these huge like blue folders and took up about a quarter of the weight of my backpack. So I would definitely be doing that differently next time. Um, but it's really, apart from the packing up the house part, it's not really that different to how we pack now. We don't take very much because we, we just can't. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you, you've headed off, you've got Emmy. Um, how did she adjust to this new, her new normal? Yeah, she was really excited because all that she ever wanted was time with me. So that was just, that was it for her. She, and she loves traveling. Like she loves going on planes. She, we, her first trip was when she was very small Um and we'd recently been to Borneo and she, she knew she was, she just turned six, but she knew what was going on. And yeah, she was excited. What yeah. do you think she's learned from all the travel? Oh, so much. Like she's very independent. Um, she can just go into a situation now with a whole bunch of strangers and, and she's, it's not even that she's confident, like that's just normal for her because we met a lot of families and children while we were travelling, local families, local people, different cultures, religion that we that we spent time with um, and also other travelling families on the road. So she's become very adaptable. She's very stubborn and strong-willed. She hasn't lost any of that, but she's just, she's all like she's strategic as well because I involved her in everything. So if there was a problem... And we didn't really have many problems, but if there was something, um, we'd talk about it and she'd kind of create pathways to solutions as well. And I think that's really helpful for her to bring back um, into school. I mean, even this morning um, with Notre Dame, 
uh, being on fire. She's been there. She knows Paris. She knows Notre Dame. And um, we could talk about that. So I think that also brings another level of world awareness um, to her and to be able to hold conversations about world events, whether more so in Asia, because we spent a lot of time in Asia. But I think that's so valuable for young children to ignite that spark of curiosity and interest and, and understanding, particularly for us where we come from, um, for Emmy to have exposure to other cultures, other religions. Um, it was very, very important to me. And yeah, we achieved that. And I'm really proud of her for how open and accepting she's like, like, like all kids are, you know, I think they learn their attitudes a lot, but it was important to me to give that to Emmy at a young age. So if somebody, um, uh, mums or dads who are listening are thinking, wow, maybe this is something that I could do with my family, what are some of the, like, what's some really good hacks that you could offer up if people were thinking of going, and maybe it's just for a holiday, travelling with kids isn't always easy. Um, what are some of the things that you learnt that you could share with us? I would say if you're plan like if you're even thinking even a little bit about doing an extended holiday or long-term travel with your kids, like just follow that and do it and just make it happen because you'll never have such valuable family time as you do when you're together every minute of the day experiencing new things together and just really, really bonding as a family. But what you'll find is when you make that decision and you start telling people there'll be a lot of roadblocks thrown up in your way that may get you second guessing. So my big tip to that is just to really focus on, on the, on the positive and what you'll get from it and not listen to any of the negativity that may, that may come your way. Cause often if you do something that's a little bit different, um, yeah, people won't understand. Um, even though it's getting so much more popular, which is unreal. It's unreal. There's so many families out there, but yeah, definitely, definitely do it. Um, uh, for holidays, Gosh, I mean, there's so much. People can find flights daunting and I think with flights, because I do still as well, I still stress about getting to the airport on time and I think that's a key thing about giving yourself enough time to get to the airport, get checked in, get settled in, um, make sure to take um, enough um, things to entertain kids on the flight because it's not just about iPads and in-flight entertainment when they're younger. I used to wrap up toys like like I used to get such a thrill from this. I'd buy M toys and then I'd just like wrap them over again in paper and sticky tape so she couldn't undo them. It would take her hours. So she'd just sit <laughs> and try to undo it. That so, actually might be seen as a form of torture. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess like start slow too. Like, there's no reason why you can't start out just exploring your local area, going to different um, churches or places of worship, going to cultural days, going further to other suburbs, maybe have like a staycation somewhere close and then move to resorts if you have small kids. This is what we did. Even though I backpacked a lot, travelling with a small child was new for me. So we went to resorts for the first few years. Then I started doing things a little bit more kind of hostelly and and out in the jungle as Emmy got older. There's no pressure though. A lot of people think, you know, you have to be doing travel a certain way to be a traveller, but that's not true. Do whatever you like, whatever makes you happy. 
I think that's important. So you mentioned there um, that you originally you were a, a backpacker um, yeah. and, and you said you had some savings, so you didn't get a new kitchen, but you did get to travel. But you didn't have a lot of money. So tell us about travelling on a budget. What are some of the tips there? Well, yeah, I think like one of the things that we um, try and do a lot is to support local people. And that's handy too because generally, you know, it's less expensive to eat at a locally owned restaurant, to travel with a, a little on a tuk-tuk um, or local bus is so cheap throughout Asia, like so cheap, um, to stay in guest houses and hostels. And you're supporting local people but also in those situations you have more interaction with other travellers like in China, um, we stayed in hostels all throughout China and they were unreal and M would just hang out with other, like there were a lot of young kids, like university students travelling and we'd just sit down and, and chat and they'd teach M card tricks and there are other families that we'd meet. So I think definitely like going on a budget is great for your wallet and great for being able to travel longer, but it also exposes you to other people and that's just one of the great things about travelling. Isn't that awesome? My mum puts name labels on loads of things so I don't lose it, like my school books, on my pencil case, on my pencils, on my all my clothing, and even on my fidget spinner. Order your stick-on-you name labels online at www.stickonyou.biz. Hi, I'm Evie from Mumpack Travel, and you're listening to The Organised Family. Now, we've um, got some questions from some of our um, listeners to the podcast. Kirsty from South Beach said, if you could pick one place as the top destination to travel with a young family, what would it be and why? Okay, so I honestly believe that you can travel anywhere in Asia safely. A lot of people ask me, did I feel safe with Amy? And absolutely, I did. Absolutely. Um so I think anywhere in Asia, but it kind of depends, like if you like beaches or if you like jungle or it depends on what you want to do. We absolutely loved Hoi An in Vietnam and we ended up living there for a little while because it has everything. It has uh, the culture of the old town. It has lovely beaches. It has beautiful people and you can just go down a side street and have a, you know, 80 cent for, for breakfast, which, which I loved. Um, but we also love Cambodia. That that really stole my heart. Um, Cambodia is a beautiful place and I, I find it very easy to travel. And it also has everything. It has the temples of Angkor and, and so many surrounding temples. It has beautiful beaches. Um, yeah, it's easy to get around. There's a good bus network. Uh, and Emily would say China. She adores China. And I love that because the China that we visited and spent time at is very, very different to the China that I think we perceive outside. Um, so she loves Shaolong Bao. She would eat it every day. She could. Um, we camped on the Great Wall there. It was spectacular. We had some amazing train rides. We biked around city walls. We went to the most incredible nature. And the people were just so kind, more than any other country. China was where people would come to us and ask, can we take you somewhere? Can we drive you? Can we get you a taxi? People would take us to where we were going and pay for the taxi. Um, they'd chase them around to give her fruit. Um, and, yeah, you know, some people wanted to take photos with us. I, I, 
I don't have a problem with that. If M wanted a photo, that was fine. If she didn't, we didn't get a photo. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, but I think, it, yeah, it definitely depends on what kind of holiday you want. Um, I would just look into, yeah, into that. Do you want to be beach or jungle and decide, but Asia is just the best. It's really interesting you saying about China because I think a lot of people listening wouldn't expect that. Oh, honestly, we didn't either. Like I'd been there before and I knew I wanted to explore more. We were actually, Emily had watched Mulan. She wanted to go <laughs> to the Great Wall of China. So we had a kind of, I never had any plans, but I always, I always had an idea of the places that we wanted to go. It's funny, um, we... I, I think I had a sim. I didn't realize that the nature would be so spectacular. I think that was the big thing for me. We have this perception of a very industrial country um, that's very polluted, um, and yeah, the cities the cities can be, but it also has some of the most beautiful landscape: waterfalls, lakes, pristine forests, mountains. We went to the Avatar Mountains, but amazing, and it's all really well organized too. So I think that's one of the good things because, you know, China's domestic population is so huge and there's a lot of domestic tourism that everything's really well organised. All the national parks have shuttle bus systems to take you around. It's it's well signed. There's a lot of bins for rubbish so that there's not any litter around. Like, yeah, it's great. I, I really, I love China. I, I think it's a great place for a family holiday. So when you were there, the Chinese, do they speak English or how did you find the language thing traveling with a child yeah I wrote a blog post about this because I get that a lot and it, there was a little bit of a knack to it like you know once we were up the side of a mountain and I needed um to ask I can't even remember what it was but I just basically stood there and said does anyone speak English <laughs> <laughs> someone came to help me they're very kind people um so I used a combination of so I'm First of all, whenever we go to a country, we try and learn the basics of the language just so we can be courteous and communicate. We don't have to say hello and how are you and, and that kind of thing. Um, I would screenshot where we were going <clears throat> so that I had um, that uh, information, a map or a landmark or something. So you could show people on your phone. I also, like, wherever we went, I had an unlocked phone, so wherever we went I would get a local SIM and I think that's a really good tip for people because that means that when you're out and about you've always got connection rather than having to rely on Wi-Fi and it's really, really cheap overseas, so much cheaper than Australia. You can get internet for, like, $2 a week. It's ridiculous and fast, high speed. Um, so we used MIME a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But I think screenshotting was helpful. At one point we did use a Translate app when we were high up in the mountains in the guest house with the family. We were their very first guests and they lived on the mountain and they'd never um, had uh, Western people stay or really been exposed to them and so we, we really couldn't communicate. So we used a Translate app, which was kind of helpful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can do it. I don't think it's that um, much of a hindrance. You find creative ways to communicate and just get as much information as you can on your phone. I think there are also, if you don't have internet, you can still, like, use, I think it's Google Map or there's a map that you can still get information about where you are um, to locate where you're going. Yeah, there's heaps of ways to do it. I don't, yeah, don't let that be a barrier. 
Did you find that Emmy um, adjusted to the different languages a little bit better? Because I think kids, um, you know, we tend to think they're like sponges. Yeah, kind of. Although sometimes, you know, she'd say like ni hao when we're in Vietnam. And I'd be like, that's Chinese. So, so <laughs> she'd just throw out whatever. Um, but, yeah, she did because she likes having a, a little chat and I think kids as well, once they realise how much people appreciate that you're taking the time to learn a little bit of their language, they're really appreciative. So she liked that as well. So, yeah, yeah, and she enjoys chatting to people. The differences, I think, kids just really, they get it, you know, they're curious. They want to, you know, we'd be standing in, check-in lines and she'd be asking people about why, you know, why are you wearing this or just having conversations and people are always very open to children. I think that's a great way to create more openness and acceptance. So, yeah, kids just really get There's There's so much that kids get and even just talking about it because I, I've been with, I was with Emmy those whole two and a half years we were travelling, it kind of just a lot of it washed over us. And so when I talk about it, it makes me more aware of how much she really got out of it. Isn't that amazing? Well, um, Amelia from South Geelong has asked, what does Emmy think of travelling or the travelling lifestyle? And does she love it as much as you? She does. She does. I'm really grateful for that. And I hope that that continues. But I mean, I kind of think, oh, no, what if she wants to settle down in the burbs? (laughs) I have to accept that. I think I'd just be turning up with like random, hey, we're going to Vietnam tickets and whisk her off. But no, she does love it. She she loves the – I've asked her why and she says it's because she feels free. So I I think that within all of us there there is the, the impact of routine and deadlines and restriction um, that we, we put it on ourselves, I think. Um, and when you break free of that – it's just, it's the most incredible feeling. You feel like you have never felt before because your mind just empties because you just don't have to think of the million things that you need to do today, tomorrow, next week, next month. It's hard to imagine that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 want, I want to feel that way again, you know. I just, I can't wait to, it, it is. It's just all you need to focus on is just what you see, um, just exploring, learning, just being happy. It's so easy when you're just out in the world. Now, you've got um, you've got your Instagram, which is just awesome. So um, we'll have all of the details of your how to connect up with you, Evie, in the show notes. Um, but Instagram's awesome. You've also got your website um, and some great blogs there and lots of different advice. And one of the ones I like, and maybe just share this with us, the best flip-flops to wear while travelling. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Do you know, the year before we went traveling, I got plantar fasciitis. I think it's like, it was just from years of wear and tear. I really, I blame Disneyland. I blame <laughs> five Disneyland wearing thongs. Um, and so I had to, it took me a lot of rehab just to be able to walk on my foot. And so I'm very particular about the shoes I wear. So yeah, I have these I don't know how to pronounce it, Ufus, Office, 
Oh my gosh, they're the best shoes. It's like walking on clouds. And literally the only care package I ever needed when I was traveling was like more of these shoes. When mum would come to meet us or my sister, I'd be like, bring the flip-flops, bring the thongs. Okay, we might need to find out what they are and put those in the show notes. I think everyone's going to want to know what these amazing thongs are. (laughs) that's awesome now you're back in Australia in fact you're back in Sydney um you're writing a book tell us about that it's so exciting I was I was at my sister's in Phnom Penh my sister actually works for a brilliant organization called the child safe movement and it's located in Cambodia it's it's a it's a proper um organization that does amazing work um, helping uh, raise awareness of, of child poverty and ethical travel and really and helping um, communities and families that um, are being potentially being exploited and just don't have access um, to education and healthcare and so forth. So she's doing amazing work over there. And I was visiting her and I just got an email from Jane at Murdoch Publishing saying, have you ever considered writing a book? And um, ah, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, like people had said it to me before, but I think, you know, when it's yourself, you just don't ever consider like that. that yeah. I don't, I just, no, I completely understand. Okay. You, yeah. But, you're, but you've written blogs and you write about your travels. It seems like such a natural progression for you. Yeah. I suppose it's just somebody saying something like, that someone who could make it happen believing in our story or thinking that it was that special, that it was worthy of a book, that um, that's what I've been doing. Oh, my God, though, it's the longest <laughs> process. It's killing me. I've, I've written it um, and we're in the editing process now and it's it's long haul. So when I've heard people talk about the book writing process and, and it is exhausting and it's emotional because, you, you know, I'm reliving stuff and, uh yeah, it's it's full on. It's but it's out in um, I think pre-sale starts in May, and it's in bookshops on the fifth of August. It's called Backyard to Backpack. Yeah, and it's the story of, of me and M and uh, and and our travels. Yeah, I'm so excited. Actually, I'm really excited to share it because I I just I honestly think that if people if people really knew oh. what I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna cry because I just if people knew what they could get out of travel for their families and those relationships and just not focusing on working so hard to buy things and do the things that really bring you together as a family and take advantage and see this beautiful world I just I really think more people will do it I just I just don't think that people realise, and I didn't until I went, like I knew it would be good, but I didn't know just how life-changing it would be for me and for Emmy on so many different levels. And I want people to to do it. I I just, if people would just try it, I just think it just, yeah, it does. It just brings you this other level of happiness and bonding with your family. So how has it changed your relationship, you think, with Emmy? Oh, so much like we have the most open relationship um I don't know it's it's hard because for me this how we are is just very normal um because that's just our relationship but certainly if you look at from before we left 
if things had continued, I'd really just be seeing her on weekends. We, I had an au pair, a live-in au pair, um, which not because we're rich, but because it was a lot cheaper for me. That's something that I could afford. I couldn't afford to pay a babysitter $20 an hour, but living au pair is a lot cheaper. Um, and I hardly saw Em. I would kiss her goodbye, wake her up and say goodbye in the morning, go to work, like many, like many mums and dads do. I'd see her when I got home 7.30, 8 o'clock. Um, I felt like we didn't know each other. I felt like if something happened to me, Emmy wouldn't, she wouldn't have known me at all. So because weekends are then rushing around, right? Where is the time that you're just hanging out? And there wasn't that enough of it. There wasn't very much of it at all. And now we're the total opposite. Like, and yeah, we're just, we're just this, this little really strong little team we share everything with each other and I think that's so important that you get that right with your kids, that you have that openness. Um, I'm just so proud of her. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm so happy with with how we are. Yeah, and it's not like, yeah, there were a lot of struggles along the way. They're the same struggles we would have had at home, right? So, but, and that's the thing with travel, you've got to expect it's not going to be like, oh, we just went and everything was great. Okay, your book is nearly out. Life settled down a little bit. What's the next adventure? So I have to be around here for the for the book. Oh, for the book, done it. Yes. So I'd actually booked one way tickets to Paris. Um, leaving in July, and we were going to get a car and just drive around Europe for a few months. But now I have to come back. <laughs> I have to come back two weeks later. So I think we're instead we're going to just go up into Asia for a couple of weeks. Um, we'll have to get back to Paris another time. So we, we do have to be around kind of until the end of the year. And then um, we've agreed that we'll go again uh, next year. We're just discussing where. We're not sure. How old will Emmy be at that point? Emmy will be 10. She'll turn 10 in January. Now, I'm quite comfortable with taking her out of school for another six months within the school system. So there's a different way that things operate in the public system, whereas she can, as far as I'm aware, keep her place within the classroom and do the work for the teacher rather than doing the work for me. And I think that's going to make all the difference with the education issues that we have. Uh, But I don't think we'll do it for longer than that. And it may even be shorter. We need to get the balance right, satisfy everyone's needs. Um, I'm just really mindful that when it gets to high school, she's probably going to have to knuckle down more and there won't be those opportunities outside of holidays or for as long as we want to do it for. So we're just trying, yeah, cram it in. But we've got to get over this kind of section and then, and then free ourselves up again and see what we can do. This being an author, a published <laughs> author section. I know yeah it's exciting I mean it's scary I hope it yeah gosh I hope hope it's good I hope everyone loves it (laughs) well we will absolutely love it here at the organized family um you know stuck on you we we are all about being organized and and getting your travel right and doing everything with your kids with their backpacks and all of that so um you know you really exemplify exactly what we love now before we go we have one question that we ask all of our guests what is one thing that you have lost that you wished you'd labeled 
Um, Emily's iPad three times, three different <laughs> flights. <laughs> yeah, not labelled. Okay, lab- I, I think we better send you some labels. <laughs> yes, please. That would be great. Mm, yeah, that's that's a very stressful experience when you're trying to like race back to a plane to, and, and they disappear like that. <laughs> yeah. I can absolutely imagine it. Evie Farrell, it has been such a joy speaking to you. Mum Pack Travel, get on Instagram and follow Evie and Emmy's adventures. We can't wait to see the book. We're so excited about that. And we absolutely can't wait to see what your next adventure is together. So thank you so much for joining the organised family today. I've had such a nice time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for sticking with us. You've been listening to The Organised Family, the podcast brought to you by Stuck On You, helping you kickstart a more organised life. It is with your thoughts on social media at stuckonyou.com. We're a social bunch. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter to stay in touch. Mm-hmm.